most people think of when drag comes to mind is the drag queen, males that dress and perform as females. Many drag artists are people who identify as men and present themselves in exaggeratedly feminine ways as part of their performance. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. Even though, Cindy, this country seems unable to protect children and other innocent people from being gunned down on a regular basis by AK-47s and the like, this is not what Republican politicians are focused on. Not that. No, not that. They're focused on something much more crucial to public health and safety. Not. Yep. And that would be drag. That's what they're focused on. So we're going to focus on it today, too, and see what all the senseless fuss is about. Drag always seems so fun and lively. I've always been attracted to it. A typical drag show involves dancing, acting, stand-up comedy, and singing, and a whole lot of lip-syncing. It's artistic entertainment in which people dress up and they perform different aspects of gender and personality. It's fun. Yeah, because that is also fun. Men have been playing female roles since Shakespearean times when women weren't allowed to perform on stage. It wasn't called drag at the time, but it's believed the term drag did originate from the theater. Right, the origin of the term is unclear, but we found two most likely possibilities. One, the dresses that the male actors wore on stage would drag on the floor. So they referred to dressing up as women as putting on the drags. Or two, possibly stage directions would say dressed as girl. And the term drag is actually an acronym for the stage direction, dressed as girl, dressed resembling a girl, drag. Makes sense to me. Could be real, yeah. (laughs) By the 1920s, the term drag was especially used in LGBTQ communities where there's always been more gender fluidity and expression. Of course, now it's popular in the mainstream, although there are also people in the mainstream trying to put an end to it. The homophobes and transphobes really come out about this stuff. It's so strange because is it somehow threatening to them? Honestly, another theory about the word drag is that it started with Polari, which was a secret language used by the gay community to relate and greet each other because their sexuality was criminalized and they had to hide it. Some of Polari came from theater slang. Yes, and outside the theater, there was a lot more danger and segregation for the people in the LGBTQ community. Drag became more a part of that community because that's where it was somewhat more accepted, at least more than in the mainstream. Drag performers would also have their own house parties and private events. Drag balls have actually been a tradition since the 1920s. Yeah, they were trying to keep it on the down low, but they were having a great time of it. (laughs) (laughs) 
drag queens began performing more and more in bars and spaces that specifically catered to gay people. And as more gay bars began to pop up, drag became more of a gay art form, not just straight men impersonating women for fun and for comedy. Or on stage doing Shakespeare. Back then, and probably until relatively recently, there was a riff among gay, especially white gay men. You were either a masculine guy who blended in or you were hyper-feminine and dressed in drag. A lot of masculine gay men did not want to be associated with the more feminine-looking men. At the same time, some guys would go to bars wearing drag to get around laws forbidding members of the same sex from dancing together. Of course, there were also laws that criminalized wearing clothes meant for the opposite sex, but they tried to get around those laws by trying to look as much like a woman as possible so they wouldn't get caught. Isn't that weird that there would be laws against dressing and clothes for the opposite sex? I mean, because nowadays you could pretty much wear anything. It doesn't make any sense that there'd be laws against it. True. Masculine guys who blended in started coming out more openly around the 1970s and drag continued in both the gay community and sort of took off in popular culture more. Yeah, so what most people think of when drag comes to mind is the drag queen, males that dress and perform as females. Many drag artists are people who identify as men and present themselves in exaggeratedly feminine ways as part of their performance. But there are also female queens, even though they're not as common. And there are drag kings, who are mostly, but not all, female artists, who dress in masculine clothes and perform male gender stereotypes. They perform masculinity. And in addition to drag queens and drag kings, there are drag princes and princesses. So what's so fun is that anyone of any gender can be whatever type of drag royalty they want to be. And this is true no matter how someone identifies in the rest of their everyday life. Some drag queens live as men in everyday life and others choose to live as female or as non-binary. What people notice a lot is the heavy makeup drag artists wear that really exaggerates the gender stereotypes. In addition to starting around theater and performance where dramatic makeup helps everyone in the house to see the character more fully, even from the back or from the balcony, heavy makeup also helps disguise gender as much as possible. And as the mainstream started learning that there were more masculine gay men than they ever imagined, they also started learning about many of the other identities in the LGBTQ community. One important distinction is between drag queens and trans people. There's a big difference between being trans, being gay, and doing drag. Drag can involve dressing up, wearing heavy makeup, gender crossing over, or becoming a fictional character. It's entertainment. And as part of the performance, a lot of drag artists have a separate persona who looks different from what they look like every day. And they may have a different name and a different gender identity. They might ask to be referred to by different pronouns when they're performing. But this doesn't mean they're transgender. It's like actors aren't the roles that they play and drag performers aren't necessarily the persona they play on stage. Just like acting, drag is a job and the job is to entertain. It's an entertainment gig that also resists conformity and rigid stereotypes. Right. Now, a transgender person isn't usually trying to entertain or perform for you. They're just trying to get by, usually. They're not playing a role as part of a show. True. 
most transgender people aren't drag performers. And just because someone performs in drag doesn't mean they're transgender. Right. An interesting point is that before being squelched, forced to conform, etc., kids have all kinds of natural gender fluidity, curiosity, and imagination. They tend to like a lot of different colors and clothes and toys and activities. Yeah, that makes me think of Drag Story Hour, which mm -hmm. started out in San Francisco in 2015 as drag queens reading stories to children in libraries. And it was so cool and well-received that it went international. So it's now a national and international nonprofit offering creative literary programs for kids of all ages in kid-friendly spaces all over the world. Yes, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Drag Story Hour, DSH, brings really positive role models and messages about social justice and equality. And it just looks like a blast. And it promotes literacy and teaches kids about the importance of embracing diversity and free self-expression for themselves and for others. Right, it's a happy thing. Drag queens encourage people of all ages to express themselves any way they want free of prescribed gender roles. I would love to live in that world. Yeah, a lot of people would. There are quite a few people who seem to fear that world and want to make it go away, however. They prefer rigid boundaries and role definitions. Yeah, like we said, most children naturally explore gender identity and norms through imaginative play. But then we have pretty strong gender norms starting in infancy. Gender is associated with the colors of clothes we're supposed to wear, the toys kids play with, and the kinds of jobs we're trained for. But if you think about it in reality, there is no such thing as girl clothes, boy clothes, girl toys, boy toys. Drag Story Hour brings that lesson and teaches children that there are lots of ways for them to express themselves and their gender and that all of those ways are okay which is really important for everyone to learn and can be especially important for LGBTQ youth or kids with LGBTQ parents or family members. It validates and supports them. It makes them feel normal. And it's important to feel normal and okay. But there's this false narrative lately being strongly pushed by conservative activists and politicians about Drag performers being dangerous, especially to children. They are saying that drag performers are sexualizing and grooming children. And as a result of these ridiculous homophobic and transphobic ideas, several states are considering restrictions. Yeah, I know. One effort to stop drag story hours was quietly signed into law by Republican Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee and it went into effect in July of 2022. Oh, the same governor who signed these bills has also been seen around the internet in a high school picture from 1977 in which he was dressed in women's clothing. Wait, you mean he dressed in drag for fun? Really? Can you believe it? His response when asked about the picture was that it's ridiculous to compare the photo of him in drag to sexualized entertainment in front of children, he also wasn't able to give examples of inappropriate drag shows taking place in front of children. That's because they don't. The Tennessee bill is also insidious because it doesn't mention drag specifically. Instead, 
it changes the definition of adult cabaret to include adult-oriented performances that are harmful to minors. And then it adds that male or female impersonators fall under the category of adult cabaret, even if they're not performing in front of adults, but they're reading stories to children. And adult cabaret includes topless dancers and strippers. So that definition makes them seem like they're doing something wrong. Which really none of the above are, but yes, we don't want maybe strippers in libraries with children. <laughs> Probably not. But the bill bans adult cabaret from public property or anywhere minors might be present. It threatens performers with a misdemeanor charge or a felony for a repeat offense. Yeah, so of course, several other states are considering similar bans. Which is just so crazy. I mean, who hasn't dressed in drag? We've seen the Three Stooges in drag. Bob Hope and Jackie Gleason, Milton Berle, even Barney and Fred Flintstone dressed in drag. Oh, yeah. And politicians like Governor Lee of Tennessee. Yet politicians are currently spending time trying to pass as many anti-LGBTQ plus bills as they can. Instead of doing actually meaningful work, you know, like laws that prevent people from buying assault rifles meant for war and then killing children with them. Oh, exactly, Julie. To be clear, drag doesn't typically involve nudity or stripping. Explicitly sexual dress or performance and language is avoided when children are the main audience, of course. Yeah, of course. Drag is a job. It's an artistic expression that is fun and entertaining. Highly popular drag brunches bring in money and good vibes to restaurants. Drag story hours are also really popular, and they receive tons of accolades from parents, teachers, librarians, and other educators, and of course, the children who really love them. And to be really clear, drag isn't harming anybody in any way. Right. Unfortunately, that's not how the politicians see it. They should be working on the serious problems in our society. Drag is just not a problem. It doesn't need their attention unless they want to attend a show or perform in drag or something. They should. The National Center for Transgender Equality works to end violence against all people who face bias because of their gender presentation and or identity. That would include people who do drag and people who are transgender. And to learn more in depth about all of the above, you can go to transequality.org. And if you're interested in Drag Story Hour, and why wouldn't you be, you can reach out to them at dragstoryhour.org. They also offer experiences besides traditional story hours like work team events for businesses and storytellers that do themed events for different audiences, both online and in person. So very accessible. Mm -hmm. You can also plan an event with Screaming Queens, as well as learn a lot about drag on the website of the ScreamingQueens.com. Go have fun. Check it out. Thanks for joining us. You can find us at ShrinksOnThird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ShrinksOnThird. Till next time. Take care.